unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. was wrong you know what i mean hey what's up ladies and gentlemen here i am christopher roush welcome back to another tuesday evening of the raw and unscripted show with yours truly and our place where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit and you're saying you can't hear me what do you mean you can't hear me turn your hearing aid up princeton give me a heads up if you can hear me can you hear me give me a thumbs up yeah so you can hear me larry you got to turn your you got to turn your monitors up what's up brenda bale good to see you susan hey susan sending you big hugs baby sending you big hugs sending them to you and weldon uh larry snyder he says rock star what's up i'm here i'm a rock star hey now you're a rock star get your game on he'll play now you can hear me now i'm singing he's like no i don't want to hear you sing come on we don't want to hear chris sing what's up hey now you're a rock star get your game on he'll play Susan, yes, yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, hey, for you guys joining the broadcast right now or watching the replay, send some love to my friends, uh, Susan and Weldon. They uh, definitely surely can use it. Um, prayers, uh, love, and happen if you happen to know anybody who has a liver they would like to donate, um, we could use one of those too anyway. So uh, yes, I, I would love to give you a big hug, Susan. Oh man, I really would. I really would. I send you big hugs every night, my prayers and everything. So uh, I, I'd never, I never give up and I always hold out hope and uh, there are miracles. So we're definitely going to keep that going. So let's send Susan a big old hug. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, oh, we got what's going on here. What's up, Brittany? What's up? She says, I can hear. I'm glad you can hear. I can hear too. I can hear too. Everybody can hear. All right. That's good because ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot of stuff that we're going to be sharing with you tonight. When I said it was going to be action packed and that was going to be firepower and electrifying, <gasps> even more so than normal. Do you think I'm going to be amped up anymore? any more so than normal yeah what's up tara mcdermott what's up she says oh i can hear all right thank you so much for being here ladies and gentlemen so i'm just gonna get right into it i'm just gonna get right into it i met this individual um on clubhouse now i know i know i know you guys are emailing me and sending me these messages saying you always talk about clubhouse i don't have a i don't have an iphone and what do i keep saying ladies and gentlemen go get a fucking iphone go get uh uh, uh what are these things uh ipad you know, go do it, make it happen because so much exciting stuff is happening on Clubhouse. And one of the most exciting aspects of it is meeting new people and meeting people who are really, truly kick-ass and really, truly in this, in this business of personal development and life mastery, if you will, if I could borrow a, a little token from him, um, you know, we, we're fi we're finding people out there that are genuinely really interested in, in making a difference in this world and using our gifts and using our passion and using our voice and our platforms to bridge the divide that's going on in this world, help bridge people in their own mindsets from being, you know, a victim to a victor, you know, taking their situations like you guys hear me talk about all the time. And then Princeton can hear me in the back in the, in the green room for a second. Uh, well, you can hear me. 
Um, you know, we often look at things in different ways. We look at life is either happening for us or to us. And, you know, when, and I met Princeton on clubhouse, everything he was saying and the passion that he was in, in uh, invoking in everybody and the way he was listening to what all the people in the stage in the room were uh, talking about, um, you know, he just really showed a lot of compassion, a lot of love and a lot of, uh, energy in the fact that it, you could tell he cared. It wasn't about selling or anything else like that. It was about just serving and his story is miraculous. His energy is absolutely fucking contagious. Um, and I have to, I'm not to like throttle him every once in a while. Like, okay, man. Okay. So if you guys think I'm exciting, you think I'm going crazy, let's bring on Princeton Clark to the Ron and Scripted show. What's going on Princeton Clark? What's going on my man? How you doing brother? Fucking rocking and rolling, baby. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here and spending your time with us tonight. Hey, thank you for having me here, man. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. And we just met. That's the crazy thing. It's just like, and somebody else said this on Clubhouse earlier today. They said, um, no, no, no. I was interviewed by Kellen. I was on Kellen's show this morning. And she says, the people I've met on Clubhouse, she goes, I feel like I've known them all my life. Isn't that crazy? Don't you feel the same way? Talk to us a yeah. little bit about your Clubhouse experience, what you feel like about, <laughs> about that platform right now. Man, Clubhouse was made for people like me, man. Because, I mean, especially not just me, but coming out of last year, you know, COVID, everybody's disconnected. Clubhouse has created this amazing platform that, that allows people to get reconnected beyond the fluff and all the crap, you know, of regular social media platforms where it's all the highlight reel. I always say, you know, I'm not a highlight reel. I'm a light that's real, you know? And so an app like this gives me the ability to be light. It gives me the ability to impact, but also be impacted. There's so many people, like you said, that are so amazing that we've been able to meet with and connect with on Clubhouse. You have so many people meeting off, off app, you know, and just forming real genuine connections because anybody can post anything on social media. But when it comes to speaking and opening your mouth, that's when you find out how real a person really is. And so I, I've just been loving meeting these amazing real people like yourself, man. And so, it, I mean, I'm on fire right now. <laughs> I know you are. You are. And you just got done teaching with uh, a guy named Tony Robbins, another guy named Dean Gracioso. I mean, shit, dude, you are on fire. You're killing it. So I appreciate you making the time to be here on our show with us. And we have a shitload of people in the house. Look at all these new misfits for life. Oh my God, dude, you attract a tribe. What's up? We got my people in here. We got your people in here. It's a party. Oh man. So, uh, so Christy Jensen says, excited to be here. We're excited to have you here. Definitely. What's up? Um, Brittany says she is excited. Everybody's excited. Uh, Christy says that yes. Love clubhouse. Absolutely. Um, Ray's in the house. My brother Ray misfits for life. That's what we are. Uh, we are definite misfits brother. That, uh, that, that stays true. What's up, Christina. Good to see you here tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, we love Princeton. Ooh, we're gonna have to create a song. Let's, 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 let's create a song. <laughs> even, even Ray says Princeton. All right. So let's just jump into that. You, you mentioned COVID and one of the things that I've been really interested about since COVID started, and we're nearly upon a year, right? It was March 20th last year that here in the United States, we went on lockdown and forever our lives were altered and something that we thought was going to be over and done with really quick has continued to go on and on and on. From that experience, uh, what, has been, what has been your thoughts on COVID and has it been good or has it been bad? And what has been like one of your biggest lessons or things that you've come out of this really energized about? Oh, man. For me, and first off, to anyone that's that's watching who you know went through some tough times during COVID, I just want to send my heart, my love out to you if you lost family members or close friends, whoever. Um, it was a very challenging time, but I, I say there's always a silver lining, and the silver lining for me during the time of COVID, I feel like it was a mass reset. 
You know, it forced humanity to freaking slow down and once again, realize how valuable life is, how valuable every single breath is. Some people left businesses that they've been working their entire life because they realized I'm not happy. I need something new. I'm ready to, I want to live my life because I don't know that tomorrow's not promised. You know, and for me, you know, I, I mean, I was working full time for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi in the office out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. You know, and when all that stuff started happening and then you had the riots starting to happen, you know, I was like, man, something's got to be done, you know, and it, and it hit me to this point where I was like, you know what, it's time for me to get out there. You know, it's time for me to be more proactive in creating in creating the systems that I want to create and, and using utilizing my voice to impact people, to raise the morale, you know, and so. You know, for me, it was a huge reset, but it, it was it was just like a breath of fresh air. And I know that's hard for some people to hear. They're like, what the heck? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Breath of fresh air. Like we couldn't breathe. We had masks on. Chill the hell out. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it, it brought me to this point where I was like, you know, now more than at any other time, people are paying attention. People are thinking about things they, they haven't thought about and probably for the first time in their life. You know, and that's the value of life. You know, and, and, and I'm a fire starter, man. When it comes to igniting people and I saw people crying out, people are like, what are we going to do? We, you know, we look around and there's no leadership. You know, we always say leaders focus on solutions, not problems. But what we were seeing was a bunch of bickering and back and forth, not just with the leaders, but with the people. So it's trickling down. And I said, you know what? It's time for leaders. It's time for leaders to rise. And I know my gift is speaking to the heart of leaders. It's challenging people to stand up and own their responsibility to create something new. You know, and so when we talk about responsibility or your ability to respond, I was like, okay, I'm not here for no reason. My breath wasn't saved so that I could sit here and just watch this happen. It's time to make something happen. And it's time to wake up these leaders who are ready to ignite the world, man. So, oh, like I'm on fire, man. Mic drop. Mic drop. Damn. Mic drop. I told you guys, it's not even 10 minutes into the show and this fucker's already fired up. Dude, I love it. I love it. We got some, we got some awesome people in the house tonight. Uh, Christy says, yeah, for life. Uh, she's a supporter for life, friends for life. Uh, Christina Finch, thank you so much for being here. She said, I just had someone tell me I wasn't being real enough. I believe that's the other way around. Yes. You know, sometimes you just, you just got to tell them what's up. You got to tell them what's up. Um, Tara says, thank you for being here tonight. Tara, Tara says such challenging times for so many. And I know what you mean, Princeton, because, you know, for me as well, it has been a situation where in some respects, and this is something I've had to get over in my life is feeling guilty for my success. Right. And, and in, in challenging times, you know, I was sitting there saying last year and I was like, this is one of the greatest gifts for me personally, not, you know, and realizing the fact that, you know, if you knew me back then, I started one of my shows just to go serve people while we were on lockdown. It literally started while we were in lockdown to do a show to keep people in, entertained and informed and, and kind of just give them something else to focus on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a miraculous time, but sometimes I feel bad for saying how good it is. And, but with respect of that, you know, you too can actually achieve this as well. If you switch your mindset around, um, you know, what has been one of the most challenging parts for you in adjusting to this, this new, new way of life, man, not being able to connect to people in person the way that, cause, cause humans, we, we, we're wired for connection. We are wired. Like we were not created to be isolated. You know, and so for me, I'm a loving person. Like I love people. Like I, I love connecting to people, and you know, so that's that's been the most challenging thing. But like you said, even going back to what we were talking about with Clubhouse, like it's enabled me to kind of fill my cup and, and get that fixed. You know, until we can start doing that again, because I know a lot of places are still shut down. You know, but that's really been the most challenging thing for me is not being able to get out and hug everybody I want to hug and the, do live events and 
just really allow people to feel that love, you know, that human to human connection. Mm -hmm. No, thank you for that answer, man. Cause that's exactly what I would say. I went from a little bit of my backstory was November, 2019. That's when I exited my corporate career of 26 years and said, okay, well, let's go figure out what we're going to be doing next. And then I knew what I was going to be doing next, which was coaching and speaking and everything else and consulting. And I was like, okay, if I was looking for, I was looking for another job again, cause I was, you know, very successful at what I did and I could easily go back and make, you know, six figures. And but I was like, you know what? And I started thinking about my whole life and I've been coaching and speaking for like over 20 years and doing the side hustle and doing all that other stuff. And I came up with this, this phrase that, that I've cemented in my brain. And I need to trademark it or whatever, but I call it comfortably miserable. I realized how comfortably miserable I was making the good money office with a window, you know, staff that was great, all the benefits in the world. It was, it was just, it was amazing, but I was comfortably miserable. And so through COVID, I was able to, to make that transition to, um, doing what I love and, and not being sorry for it. Um, Man, these things are just popping up. Sorry, my I have ADD on crack. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so she says, uh, Kelsey says, I met Princeton on Clubhouse and changed my life. Changed my life. Um, so I know that uh, from personal experience that your story has not been all of, you know, roses and love petals and, and great things in life. Talk to us a little bit about how Princeton started his life and what gave you the ammunition to become the person you are today, the man you are today. Oh man, growing up, I grew in this, grew up in this little small town called Brookneal, Virginia. It's, I, I say it's a two blink town. You blink once, you're in it, you blink twice, you're out of it, you know, but um, I had a really big family. You know, I grew up with a really big family. That's, that's one plus to, to how I grew up. But, you know, as a kid, you know, I, I, I was abused mentally, physically, verbally, and, and emotionally as a child, you know, and at the time, it's just the way of the time. Like you think, you know, tough love, whatever, you yeah. know, and, and I, and I get it, you know, but, um, also at the age of between nine and 11, I was molested, you know, and, and, and I, and I didn't really, you know, what's so crazy is that I didn't realize what was happening to me. I thought it was just normal. You know, I didn't really realize what was happening to me until I was about 16. And, and I remember being at my grandmother's house, watching the old Phil Donahue talk show. Oh, and yeah. Aging myself right now as if the gray doesn't already do it. But um, <laughs> I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. I remember that. Yeah, you know, but I'm watching the show and it was on victims of abuse and molestation. And so there's this guy on there, he's probably mid-20s, and he was sharing his story. And as he was talking, you know, I'm sitting there doing my homework and, and I'm listening, and he starts sharing a story that's almost identical to mine the way he was feeling and everything. And I remember that day, I was 16 again, you know, my, my face got hot, my ears got hot and I was angry. Like, and I never talked to anybody about it at that time. I start, started struggling with deep depression, struggled with deep depression all through high school. I started writing in, in my notebook just about killing myself all the time. And I actually saw a psychiatrist once when I was in high school, they put me on medication. I was also at, at an early age in kindergarten I, or first grade, I was put on medication for ADHD, hyperactivity, ADD, you know, and I felt like a zombie most of my life, you know, because it numbed me, my hands would get cold, my feet would get cold. I stopped taking that stuff in middle school. Um, but long story short, I ended up barely graduating high school, um, got out and uh, I ended up selling drugs you know, participating in gang related activities. Like I've been in fights, I've been in shootouts. Like I've seen things that most people only see on TV. Um, got married at the age of 21 thinking, you know, I want to give my family and my kids what I never had, but I didn't even understand what that was for myself at the time, you know? And as that was happening, man, it, it was, it was, I, I used to say it was a recipe for disaster, but really it was a, a recipe for purpose because, you know, my fiance or my, my, my wife at that time, 
Um, she brought some challenges into my life. She had stuff that was unhealed. I had stuff that was unhealed. And um, at the age of 23, just feeling like I was worthless to her, worthless to my kids, worthless to everybody. Um, I finally made the decision to take my life. And I remember sitting in my car, I put a gun to my head and, uh, and I'm just sitting there and I'm just thinking, you know, they're going to be better without me. They're going to be better without me. And, and I'm just hearing the voices, kill yourself, just kill yourself. And I pulled the trigger and the gun misfired. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So, and then the gun fired. Yeah. yeah. And, and I always tell people, even though that literal bullet didn't fire, a conscious one did. Like I had this mass awakening, like my entire life. And when they say it flashes before your eyes, it was like, like it, it's like the entire world slowed down after that happened. And I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden I can't even describe what happened. I just remember looking back over my life and this one thought hit me. You know, you're not where you are because of what happened to you. You're where you are because of how you chose to respond to it. And I can only say that was just the spirit. That was the divine speaking to me, you know, um, whether you call it God, universe, source, you know, whatever. The infinite cannot be described by the finite mind. I just say it is what it is, the I am of all that is. But right. following that, that week, man, I quit drinking cold turkey, smoking cold turkey. I left gangs. I, I stopped selling drugs, like everything. And I isolated myself. I isolated myself from friends. I isolated myself from family, anybody that wasn't in alignment that was no good for me. And bro, when I say I went on the search, I got hungry because one thing hit me from the moment that gun misfired, every single breath I breathed was a gift. And it's easy to say that people use that term all the time. Tomorrow's not promised. Every breath is a gift. But for me, it became real for me for the first time in my life. I said, something greater than me stopped that gun from firing. Something greater than me saw something great in me that was worth enough to save it. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give everything to this. I'm going to give my life to this. I'm, I don't know what it is, but I got hungry, you know, and growing up in the Bible Belt of Virginia, you know, I started studying the Bible for an entire year. I read the Bible from beginning to end. I started studying the Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic, but that wasn't enough. I started studying philosophy. I started studying conscious psychology, human motivations, emotional intelligence, because a lot of people say, you know, you don't know what you don't know, or you don't, you don't know what you don't know. But I knew what I didn't know. I knew I didn't know how to love myself. I knew I didn't have the, the information to change my life. But my grandmother said something to me when, when I was really young. She said, if you want to hide, hide something from a man, put it in a book. <laughs> and man, I started reading like crazy. I would go to Barnes and Noble because at that time I didn't have a lot of money. You know, I would go to Barnes and Noble because it was free to read. You know, and this same thing. Anybody out there who like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, now you got YouTube. You got all these search engines that where you can just go and look up the information for whatever you need. You know, but I would go to Barnes and Noble and read for five to 10 hours a day. I finished whole books in a day in wow. Barnes and Noble sometimes. And I realized sitting in Barnes and Noble one day, I said, you know, I don't want to be a, 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 a one dimensional leader. I want to be a multi dimensional leader because I came with uh, 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 I came by that phrase like dimensional leaders, one dimensional leaders. And I, was, I remember thinking as I was reading that, like. I'm not a one-dimensional leader. I am a multi-dimensional leader. I want to impact every life that crosses my path. I'm not going to be limited. I want everybody that, that crosses my path to feel the love that I never thought I, I would ever feel in my life, this love that I feel in my heart now that's driving me to impact every life that crosses my path when I open my mouth. you know. And I dove into personal development, and I actually ended up going back. I got a, a, a bachelor's degree in biblical studies in Eastern religion. And I started wow. studying um, just other cultures because I didn't know 
what to believe. There were so many different beliefs out there, but I said, you know, I want to know what they were saying, not what's been exegetically broken down, not what's been taught by men based on their own perspectives and conclusions. I wanted to know what they were actually saying. And so as I started studying the deeper things, I realized that the message was all the same. It was the people that came behind them that distorted the message. Mm-hmm. You know, like I ended up becoming a pastor and I was kind of like Neo in the matrix. I was like, I'm going in and I'm going to teach it right. I'm going to go in. And so I ended up pastoring for about five years. And I, uh, I ended up stepping down after, after five years because I remember in prayer and meditation one night, my spirit just spoke to me and said, you can't use a system to break the system or to change the system. You got to create something new. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was thinking that, man, I was like, there's never been anything like me in this world before. Like, and it lit this fire in me, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. Up, like, I own my power. Like, there has never been another me. There's never been another you. Any of the listeners here, there's never been another you. There is something in you that only you can give birth to. There is a passion, a dream, an inspiration, an idea that you have been given that has been spoken into you and you've been hearing it your entire life, that small voice that tells you that you're great, that small voice that tells you to go left when you choose to go right. And I just started listening to that voice. I started tuning into it and it started changing my life like that. Like it was super fast how my life was changing. And after the five years, like I dove deeper into spirituality. I dove deeper into studying meditation and different, you know, people call it woo woo stuff, you know, but really- (laughs) That was me a while back. (laughs) They call it new age. And I tell people all the time, it's not new age. It's just new to you because all you know is what people have told you to know. You've never studied for yourself. You've never dug deep to really see the truths behind it, you know, and the divine is always speaking, man. And so I I just dove deep into that stuff, man. And and I started saying, you know, I'm going to start coaching. And from there, it was just one person at a time. And in the beginning, I have to be honest, like I was super zealous. I was like, I want to change the world. I want to change the world. And I started getting frustrated because I was like, how am I going to change the world? Like, I'm just I'm from the country. Like, nobody knows who I am. And I remember one day in meditation, my spirit just spoke to me and said, if you just impact one person a day for an entire year, you don't just impact one person over a year. You impact over three hundred and sixty five people. But you don't just impact them. You impact every person that those people are connected to. Mm -hmm. If you focus on reaching one person a day with true love, true connection, true passion, true purpose, then you're not impacting one person. You're impacting legacies. And so that's why I say now, even when I'm teaching, I say, you know what, 100 years from now, they're not going to be talking about everything that was wrong. They're going to be talking about the leaders that chose to do something to make it right. And so I'm leader, like I'm setting a fire, man. There's millions of people out there waiting for these leaders to rise that haven't been commercialized. These untethered voices out there who've never told their story. And, you know, my entire platform, Evolved Mastery, is all about showing people how to awaken their own inner master. It's all about showing people how to be the fullness of what they are. You know, and I've, I've gone from being that 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 drug using, suicidal, alcoholic maniac that didn't care about anybody or anything to now working with two of the most amazing people in a, in a personal development age. And that just goes to show that the decisions you make in every single moment are creating your life, your life. The circumstances don't create your life. How you respond to it creates your life. I don't I don't I don't complain about my life anytime. I love challenges. 
I say, bring it on. Bring the challenges to me because they are opportunities for me to expand. They are opportunities for me to grow. They're opportunities for me to become a more powerful essence of what I am. And what I am is a powerful world changing being, creating in every single moment, inspiring people to wake up to be the best they can be. And people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And they're looking. And I say, you know, if they're looking from the midst of their darkness. I'm going to be the light that shines, that shows them the way. And everything that I build, the team that I'm pulling together, we are here as, as lighthouses shining over the ocean of this thing we call life. And we're pulling people in, man. You know, and so I'm going to slow down. I, I'm on fire, bro. Like, I don't just this talk this. I live it. I eat, sleep, and breathe this, man. And You do. Yeah. <laughs> you do, dude. <laughs> round of applause for Mr. Princeton. Holy shit, dude. You're not even on stage with a microphone in your hand and you are killing it. I warned, I warned my misfits that you would be bringing some serious heat. Normally I'm the one that's bringing the heat, but uh, I got to go back up and address some of these comments. We have some questions in here, dude, you're, you're absolutely on fire. Um, Kelsey says, every time I hear the story, it gives me the chills. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, Lynn says, Hey, what's up? Uh, Christopher in Princeton. Um, let's see. Okay. Here we got a question from Ray. So Ray's saying Princeton, for those who don't know, can you define awakened without taking an hour? Chris, you as well. Awaken is life skill. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when we talk about awaken, first off, we look at the, the, the illustrative phrase to wake up, to, to become aware of, you know? And so when we start talking about being awakened, what are we awakening to? We're awakening to the truth that we are creators. We are awakening to the power that we are creating in every single moment. You know, and so awakened for me symbolizes that I have become fully aware of my power, potential, and purpose to ignite change in this world. I've become fully aware of my ability to serve something greater than me. That's what it means to be awakened, to live a life of service through power, through potential, through purpose in every single thing that I do. Bam, bam, bam. There you go, Ray. Um, so yeah, uh, Tara says comfortably miserable. Christopher, yes. Christina shares here, the connections I have made during the lockdown have been inspiring and very positive and helping me succeed to be where I'm at today. Yes, Christina, you've been doing a phenomenal job, girl. You have been doing a phenomenal job. I love it. I love it. Um, well, we got a, we got a, we got an interesting one. We got Texas will be open March 10th. Crazy. Yeah. I heard about that. They're, they're abolishing all that stuff and saying, Hey, let's move on. We got Mark Gassard in the house. Says Knuckle Dragger University salutes Princeton and Christopher rock the house. Mark is a dear friend. He's an amazing guy. He is rocking it. Um, let's see. Let's see what else we got. You are on fire, dude. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Tara says here, thank God I didn't come out imagine this planet without you. I can see you, you and I are so alike. I used to tell people, I used to, I used to be, I used to call myself a compulsive motivationalist because I could not stop inspiring people, motivating people. If somebody said they had a bad day, I'm like, why? What's going on? Are you grateful? Da, 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 da. And it got to the point where my friends did an intervention on me, dude. They did an intervention on me. They're like, I want the party Chris back a little bit. I want the normal Chris back. I can't even tell you I'm having a bad day without you guys trying to fucking fix me or something like that. So we're definitely, we definitely lend that. We definitely, um, we definitely have uh, similar backstories too. Uh, Teresa's in the house. She says, pandemic silver linings. Tell, I tell you, makes the difference. Yes, Teresa, thank you for being here. Hope you and Tate are enjoying your night. Um, and uh, well, 
Well, uh, Susan says, uh, Princeton, your message is strong. I would say that is a uh, definite. Yeah. Your message just, it, I mean, it needs a little bit more passion. You know, if I just <laughs> reach back here and just kind of give you some feedback there, Princeton. Uh, no, seriously, I'm, I'm surprised my computer didn't blow up from that. Um, thank you for bringing the heat and bringing your authentic authenticity. Um, I didn't know I was going to ask this question, but thinking back about the transformation that you went through, and how sudden it was. And I've heard part of that story before, but I'd be really interested to hear how was the impact from those around you that loved you? Because you're, you're from a small town, you got a lot of people around you, you've gone through this situation. How do you come out of that the next day and say, hey, by the way, I was going to kill myself last night and now I've seen God and I'm ready to go do all these things and, and conquer the world. What was the feedback from your from your community, especially with it being so small? I'm really interested to hear that. Oh man, honestly, when it first happened, I didn't tell anybody about it. It was probably, you know, I, I will say this, when my life first changed, I went from being literally this angry person to, to just being this within that week to two weeks, like saying from being that person that would curse you out every other word to being like, you know, do you know how valuable your life is? Like, do you know how special you are? So I had friends come to me and they were like, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. Like, this isn't you, like what's going on? Like people around me, like, man, did he do something really bad that he's trying to overcompensate for? Like, is he having a nervous breakdown? Like, <laughs> like, like what's going on? But, you know, uh, in the beginning, like I said, I isolated myself. It wasn't so much about the other people. Like I can remember even times when my parents come into my house, you know, and just talking about stuff going around, going on in the town. And, and I'd be like, look, if you guys don't have anything positive to say, don't bring it here. I remember, especially when I was studying the Bible, my dad coming over. You're like, who said what? Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my dad coming over from time to time. And I remember my dad had made the comment that you know, every time I come over, Princeton is quoting a scripture at me because that's all I knew at the time. Like that's that, that's what was impacting me the most at that point. Um, but for the most part, I, I have to say that first off, consciousness is like an elevator. When your consciousness is expanded so fast, it's like you walk into this elevator, you're in this building with one glass wall. And so you start to elevate. And so you can see a lot more than what other people can see. And so people coming in, you know, say you're on level 20 at this point and they're still growing. They're on level five. You know, they can't see what you can't you can see, you know. And so I really got to this point where I was quiet a lot. You know, I, I didn't talk to a lot of people because in the beginning it was like I was just banging people in the head. I, I, I started getting religious and I'm just banging people in, in a different head. way. You before you were banging them in the head in the, in the streets, <laughs> and now you're like, hey, here's what's up. <laughs> yeah. And I was still edgy. Like that part of me was still there, but then I found something else to fight with. And that was the Bible. And I think this happens to a lot of people religiously, you know, they start feeling better about their life, but then they look around and they see everybody else like living this life where they're not happy. They're miserable. And they're like, you need to get back in the church and do, do this and that, you know? And, and I'm so grateful that I'm not in that space anymore. You know, that I am, I always say love is my religion, you know, and I live it every single breath. Yeah, um, baby, right there. But um, yeah, in the beginning, it was hard because I'm moving on faith. I'm seeing, I'm having visions. Like I'm seeing things manifest. Like people talk about deja vu, you know, like for me, it got so vivid that I could tell you literally what was going to happen next, you know? And, wow. and I started opening up to such a degree, having these experiences that a lot of times you can't really talk about it, you know, but I just had this crazy faith, man. Like whatever I say is going to happen. I'm not saying it number one, unless I hear it first through meditation or through prayer, whatever. And so like my family, I remember like when I started doing outreach and, and I would walk the streets with a bullhorn and I'd be talking to people and telling people I love them. And um, I had a few other people that I would do that with, but 
How old I, were you at this time? Huh? How old were you at this time? At that point, I was 25. Okay, good. 25. So um, doing that stuff, like my, my parents, I remember my mom coming to me so many times and saying, you need to get a job. You get a, You need to get a job. And I, I remember telling her, I remember standing by my car. She's right here. And she's like, your lights are going to get cut off, all this stuff. And I said, mom, I got the greatest job in the world. I work for the person, the being that gives life to everybody. You know, so everything I need is going to be provided because I'm living on a purpose, you know, and sure enough, you know, everything would always manifest. Everything that I needed would always come, you know, and, and so it, it, it was challenging, but not to the point where, and I'll, I'll, I still say it to this day, like nobody on this planet, no circumstance is worth me not walking in my purpose. I will, I have no problem leaving you where you are. I have no problem letting you stay there because I know that if I don't climb this mountain, I won't be able to throw a, a rope back to pull you up when you're ready. Yes. You know, and, and so there was just this relentlessness in me, you know, that that awakened. And so regardless of how family was or friends were, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. That's beautiful, man. That's thank you for sharing that. Cause I was really kind of curious is I know personally from my transformation of being the same thing, street kid, hoodlum, doing all the bad things. Um, when I started, when I started switching gears, um, <clears throat> you know, it was cause I've been seventh grade and homeless dropout. You know, I, I was, you know, seventh grade dropout homeless for four years on the streets. And when I went and I got, you know, I had a lot of friends, you know, in different places, all doing the same shit. But once I started, you know, getting my act together and I got my GED, it was funny. All my friends were like, what's going on with you, Mr. Smart pants, you know, dating, that, dating the middle-class girl, the, they called her the high-class girl. Cause she was, she had a really nice house and you know, there was five of us living in a one bedroom apartment. It was crazy. And, um, you know, it was amazing how, when I started to go to college that all my friends were like, Oh, you're stupid. And I didn't understand. I was like, all I ever wanted to do in my life was to fit in was to just to be accepted. And, and I've been accepted and I was like, okay, now I'm, now I'm trying to improve my life. And now you guys are being dirtbags about it. So I literally had to cut off ties with all of those people. I literally got to a point where it was so toxic. I'm like, I wish you guys well, you know, it's been a great time. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of them wound up dead. One of, one of my mentors I found out a couple of years ago, one of my mentors who never did drugs and didn't drink. He was a older mentor to me. I was like 14 and he was like 20. Uh, I found out he got hooked to crack and what he's in a Nevada state prison. I'm like, Chet got what, what? You know, so I just look back at that. that's why I was curious to see what happens because I know when I've coached people, I usually warn them, especially coming to me as the no, no excuses coach. I'm like, you, you have to be prepared that when you start changing and becoming and owning your own person, that people around you are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? You're seeing some, they're going to try to drag you down. You got to lift, yeah. you got to lift yourself back up and pull yourself out of that. What do you tell people when they want, when they, when they're, when they're, when they're holding themselves back because they're afraid of what everybody else is going to think about them. You know, to your point you're saying, nobody's going to stop me from marching my own drum. I'm the same way. I did let it hamper me for a long time, but there is so much freedom in just being who we are. Talk to us a little bit about getting people uh, that confidence to be able to stand up for themselves. Well, I mean, for me, when it comes to people, I always say, you know, when we start talking, you have to be inspired to, to do anything, to create any type of change. And some people just, they're not inspired. You know, I can't motivate you. Motivation is something that you found within, you know, inspiration. I say motivation, it, it will get you started but inspiration keeps you going, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to people, you know, I, I, I at this point I have let, I've, I've been like you where I let it hold me back, whether it was family trying to get them to see, trying to drag them along. And, and I'm just at a point now where, you know, my life, my breath, it, it, like I said, it means too much to me. Like I, I, I love you, but my love is unconditional, but there's a flip side to that. 
I love you so unconditionally that there's no condition to my connection to you that will keep me stuck where you are. Ooh, I love damn, you. I gotta, I gotta write that down. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I gotta love you. Like that's true unconditional love. It's 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 selfless, but it's also self loving in the sense that if 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 I'm truly, you know, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how can I truly say I love you if I'm staying where you are? How can I truly say I love you if I'm not becoming the example of what you have the potential, the power and purpose to be? That's not love. That's not love. Not every moment that I take, that I step, that I waste not stepping into my power is another moment that not only hinders me and my ability to show up, it hinders my ability to impact the people that I am purposed to reach. So if you want to stay there, if you want to have an impactless life, Stay where you are. I love you enough to leave you there because life is going to teach you way more than I will. And it's it's unfortunate because so many people die and they go to their grave, never having given birth to their potential, never having given birth to their purpose. You know, I heard Dr. Miles Monroe, he he asked the question, he said, where's most of the the power and the potential in this world? And everybody just kind of looked around and he said, it's in the graveyard. Yep. And, And I always say, look, I refuse to be a fading memory. I refuse to be a fading memory. You know, we're born and we're all going to die. It's it's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about when you were born or when you died. It's about what you did with that dash in between. And I said, my dash is too important for me. My life is too important. for. I could go tomorrow. I could go tomorrow. You know, and so I don't have time to sit here and talk to you about you being broke, busted and disgusted and miserable about choosing to be where you are. I don't have to, I don't have time. I know I'm going to go live this life. I'm going to go walk in my power. I'm going to go ignite the world. And when I leave, I will be unforgettable. My life will be unforgettable. The people that I had the ability to impact will go on to create more impact. And if you choose to die with your gifts, if you choose to die with your purpose, if you choose to die with your potential in you because you because you chose to play it small, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's your choice. That's your choice. But I didn't get here. By, by waiting. I didn't get here by watching what other people doing. I got, were doing. I got here because I put in the work. I got here because I busted my ass. I got here because I read the books. I got here because I didn't just take in information. I put in the work for application and it evolved my life. You know, if you're not ready to master your life, stop complaining. If you're looking around at your life right now and people in your life and you're talking about, well, they didn't do this for me and they don't support me. And what if I take this step? You don't want it bad enough. I'm going to be on. I'm going to be completely honest. You know, I always say you're comfortably uncomfortable. You like being there and you hate being there at the same time, but you're not doing anything to choose to do anything different about it. So as a result, if you are not taking daily and consistent action, Regardless of the people that are around you, you are where you are because you choose to be there, not because you have to be there. And so I don't feel sorry for people like I'm a no excuses coach. I'm a very no BS coach. It is what it is. And and, and if you're not, I always tell people, if you're not ready to take action now, I'm not the coach for you. I'm not the guy because I'm not going to pat you on the back. We can talk about your problem one time. After that, we're talking about solutions and we're taking action. That's why people pay me thousands of dollars to work with me. Not because they need somebody to talk to. If you need somebody to talk to, get a psychiatrist. Go, go, go get a dog. I tell them to get a dog. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and you just said, you just said, I, you, I don't know if you caught it earlier. I said comfortably miserable and you just said comfortably uncomfortable. Yeah, dude. See, we share a brain. We're sharing a brain. Oh my <laughs> God. These guys, you guys out here. Um, and by the way, ask us any questions. Ask Princeton. I mean, fuck, you could ask, ask me questions any day. Ask Princeton questions. I know that, um, I know that, uh, um, uh, we had that one up there. Um, 
Yeah, James Foster says, uh, wow, I love this. Consciousness is like an elevator. We're going back a little bit. Uh, I want to make sure I capture all you guys here. Thank you so much for being here, Lance Brooks. Um, yes, uh, men's conference, here we go. Woohoo! Oh, we got to do that. <laughs> Shit. We, we, so, I was just thinking, I actually have my dry erase board that I was going to start a men's group. I just, I just, uh, Left one, and now I said, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna start my own. Um, you know, Gomez in the house. What's up, Daniel Gomez? Hey, great to see you here. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Tara says, oh, that's so sad, Christopher. Yeah, you know, it is sad, but at the same time, it got me to where I'm at today. And and I honestly look at my past, and I'm thankful for every situation that happened because it was like Les Brown says, you know, a setback is a setup for a comeback. And when I started fucking getting pissed off. Um, it was amazing what I was able to accomplish. And as I started more being more myself, it was like how much fire and how much, like you were saying, the, the universe starts to open up to you. And it's like, wow, I'm going to make the statement right now. And I'm going to give from love and not from anger. What happens? You start getting more love. You sit there and say, okay, I'm not going to worry necessarily about the financials. I'm going to go out there and just impact the world. What happens? All of a sudden, boom, money starts coming in. I'm living proof. I'm, a, I'm an example of that. You are an example of that. So I'm so grateful that uh, you've been able to share this with us. There was something I wanted to go back. Um, Ray found out. Or Ray wrote down, no condition to my relationship with you that will keep me stuck where you are. Princeton Clark right there. Um, there was something up here. Um, geez, 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 get a dog. Yeah, I know that's a uh, vision without uh, action is just a dream. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, um, where is this? Where is this? You guys are just blowing up. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, oh, Lance had said, I feel you. I feel you, Christopher. Um, where was that? Lance had said something. I guess you were, Lance was talking. Oh yeah, there it is. Um, thank you, Lance. I wanted to acknowledge you and say, uh, Lance just said, I just spoke about Christopher and Princeton today. Did I remember it? Wow. <laughs> Boom. So I don't know what you were saying, Lance, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to shift gears here for a second. Um, you know, talk to me about fatherhood. Mm. What's life like as a father? Cause I know, I want to see how we share similarities on this one because me personally, I was not going to be a dad. Uh, I, I didn't start being a dad until 48. Um, so yeah, I would love to get your thoughts on, cause we never had this conversation. So I would love to get your thoughts on fatherhood, man. You know, I, I, like I said, I grew up with a big family. I always wanted a family. I always wanted kids. My kid, my sister had kids when I was in high school, like 15 years old, um, 15, 16 years old. Um, and, and so I always wanted kids. I loved kids, you know, and I, I always wanted to give them, like I said, the love that I, I, I never, I never felt that like I received. And so being a father, man, is the greatest gift in the world, you know, because I would say my kids are my first legacy and my kids have also been my greatest teachers. You know, they taught me so much about returning to my inner child, you know, seeing every day like an adventure, seeing every day as a new opportunity to go out and, and do something more. You know, they, they live true children when they're really young before they're programmed by society, by parents, by school systems and job. Kids are very pure and they wake up every day with this heart of love. And so my kids taught me how to love. They taught me how to embrace life. They taught me to see through different eyes. And so as a father, you know, even now, like my oldest three, you know, are 20, 18 and 16. I can sit out with them and we'll talk for hours and we'll just talk about life. I, my kids are my best friends. You know, yeah. like we literally talk about everything. You name it. There's no topic that that's that's that we can't talk about. Yeah. You know? Cause I feel like the world is going to teach him if I don't, you know, and, and I'm an open book the same way people see me here. This is how I am with my kids, you know? And so being a father, you know, it, it was challenging in the sense that coming out of that life change. And, um, uh, cause my oldest at the time, 
was uh, three getting ready to turn four. And then my youngest was two getting ready to turn or, or one getting ready to turn two um, when I tried to kill myself, you know? And so they've, oh, wow. they've always, for most of their life, they've only known me being this way, you know? And that is funny because we'll have conversations and they're, they're like, dad, like you've been challenged, like all these things have happened, but like we never not see you be loved. Like, and I always tell them like, you guys have taught me a lot. You know, I didn't just do this on my own. Next to my own spirit, you guys are my greatest teachers. And I still learn from them. I submit to listen to them. Matter of fact, when my kids were born, especially like following my, my two oldest, my, my 16 year old was, was just born at that time. He was actually born right after I tried to commit suicide. Um, and so, it, you know, with them, you know, watching how they show up in the world, you know, each time they were born, I would ask them, what have you come to teach me? What have you come to show me? And I, and I have five kids all together, you know? And so actually I have, we have seven, my fiance and I have a blended family. We have seven kids, you know? So we have, I have six kids, you know, one, one is with her and then she has a 13 year old and then the others are with my kid's mom. But um, bunch. yeah, beautiful, man. Like I always, mm -hmm. wanted a big family. I always wanted a big family and each one of them teaches me something different and they, they always do. And it's just like this reciprocating love, you know, and I can cry to them. They can cry to me. They get to see me be human, you know, and they keep me there, you know? And, and so I love it. I love it, man. Boom, 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 boom. I didn't realize you had, I didn't realize you had seven kids. I knew, I knew you had kids, but I didn't realize seven, man. Wow. What a responsibility, but you're absolutely right. I sit there and I look at Jackson, my four-year-old and I think about, you know, like you said, you know, that unconditional love and looking at that, um, what, what you really said that really struck me was the fact that, um, the innocence and the purity, you know, I see my son, you know, with everything that's going on in the world last year with George Floyd and the, and the killing of him and, and everything that's gone on and the black versus white versus this versus that, you know, I watch my son every single time walk onto a, a playground and he doesn't care what color anybody's skin is. He doesn't care where they're from. He doesn't know how much money they have. He, you want to play? He, half the time he says, you want to be my best friend. The first thing he walked to these two little black girls. He's like, you want to be my friend? Like, yeah. And they took his hand. They're all wearing masks and they rode off and I couldn't get my phone out fast enough to take a picture of it and say, that's the way the world needs to be. You know, we lose that innocence. We lose that curiosity. We lose that playfulness. We lose that, that ability to be resourceful. We didn't have something. We figured it out. I will fashion it out of a stick. I will figure it out. We will still do this. And then we get fucked up later in life when all the grownups tell us, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. You know, do this, do this. And we go through that conditioning process that fucks us all up. So when I look at my son, I'm like, okay. And I used to be Mr. Plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I mean, I had every plan for every situation. I was a survivor. My coach who I had in 2019 for six months kicked my ass and got me out of that, that motion. You're not surviving anymore, Chris. You're, you're good. You're good. You need to get in thriver mode. So we went through all that and got that. But, you know, looking at my son, um, and thinking about, okay, I've got to do this and I've got to do this. I've got to do this. What I've done now, especially as he got older is I'm like, okay, like, I, like seriously, after this interview is over, after our discussion, I don't like interviews. We're, we're talking, these people are just <laughs> listening in. Um, you know, literally I'll spend probably about five minutes here in my studio and I will decompress. I'm like, okay, next step, next, next, next. Uh, okay. I'm going to be dad. And I just go, okay, what am I going to be as a dad? playful and present playful. I always say that I probably said that 10 times a day. I wake up the first, my first intention is today. I will be playful and present with my son because it's massively important to me. And I do, I like, like today we're, we're on the lawn and I was like, Oh, the lawn's dirty. And I'm like, if I was a kid, I'd be like, ah, 
So I was getting dirt in my fingernails. I was like, yes, we have to return to that. So I'm so thankful that you that you shared that, man. I want to respect your time. Um, another another question I wanted to ask you before we go back to the questions here and 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 go for the comments is, you know, you you are doing clubhouse with your wife, right? Uh, fiance, fiance. Yeah. Yeah, we'll gotcha. make sure I get the vernacular right. Um, I've done two interviews today, uh, two other ones. Um, talk to us about that relationship and working together and, and, and having that family and that dynamic, because I know she's in the personal development space as well, doing amazing things. Um, talk to us about how that works for you guys. Man, I mean, first off, you know, she is such a gift. Kirsten. You know, right. Kirsten. Kirsten, yeah. Kirsten, yes. Okay, yeah. I was, I, I had it in my brain before, and I lost it, so I didn't want to. I was like, I know her name. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. She's such a gift to me. You know, like she's presented. I always say we're our greatest mirrors, and 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 in that, I mean, like she reflects back to me. You know, you know, all of me. You know, that the, the dark side, the light side, and vice versa. I do that to her. You know, and so like we've had some beautiful challenges in our relationship, and. It's just advanced. It challenges us to grow in this unconditional love, you know? And so, you know, her brand is In Love She Rises, you know, and you guys can find that on Instagram. Also, she has a, a podcast, In Love She Rises, that she's beginning. And it's all about returning to the divine feminine, which is love. It's that creative, connective space of, of love, openness, vulnerability, passion, and true power. And it's not just a, a woman thing. You know, it's a human thing because we all have that yin and yang. You know, we all have that that masculine and that feminine. And so she's passionate about waking people up or waking primarily women up. She talks to men too, but waking women up to releasing that masculine role that they've accepted so much, putting on that mask and wearing the weight of that and really just being free to be feminine, to be creative, to be loving, to be connective, you know, and vulnerable for life. You know, and so together, you know, we we're, we're 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 so different yet we're so much alike. You know, we're both very strong personalities. You know, and so we have our disagreements like everybody else. We're human, but at the same time, our relationship is built on the foundation of love. Like we connected in love, and we knew it from the beginning. But with that, like people think love is this soft, gooey thing, this emotion, but love is a powerful force. It forces you to evolve. It forces you to look at yourself because anybody can say, I'm a good person, you know, or I'm a Christian or I'm a title or I'm this, I'm that, you know, but always, we always say I'm love because if I say I am love, my life has to show that I am love. And so together we're challenged to be that, you know, but it's, it's a funny dynamic because we both understand the value of what we bring to the world. And she's expanding so much right now, just like I am. And what I've realized in the dy dynamic of our relationship is the more I expand, the more she expands. Beautiful. You know, I'm not saying she's less than me and I'm more than her, but saying that we are on this journey together and we are true gifts to each other. And, and there's so much that we bring, you know, through everything that we do, you know, with our kids. Like we always tell our kids, like, you guys have any idea? Like, like you guys are growing up in a very unique home. Like, and, and you know, it's funny because my daughter, my 18-year-old got her first job. She's working and she's like, dad, people are this, this, and people are just this. And, and I'm like, you're entering into a world where you're starting to see that what you're used to, most of the world is not like this. They mm -hmm. aren't. And so it's like they're starting to wake up to what's what's happening in the world and how other people are still 
asleep, <laughs> you know? And, and so they, again, they've been taught this stuff since they were little, you know? And so they're showing up and they're more advanced than, than most adults I know, but they don't realize it. They're so used to being that that they don't realize it until they have to interact with other people in the real world, especially my oldest three now. But with Kirsten, you know, I'm always saying like, do you realize how powerful you are? And, and we have, we have some, we have some strong conversations because let's face it, we're all evolving out of ego more and more, you know, as long as we're here, you know, mm -hmm. but I remember we were laying in the bed one night and this was probably a little over a month, about a month ago. And I said, I don't want Kirsten. I want you. I don't want, Kirsten, I want you. Talk to me about that. I love yeah. it. Um, because, you know, again, we get so used to being this personality. This is how I am, so on and so forth. But I always say you have to move beyond personality into spirituality because what you are is so much more than who you think you are. You know, and so when certain challenges come up, it's like, I'm not, I'm not talking about this challenge. I'm not even talking about the mask of what happened. I'm talking to you because what you are to me is so much more than that. What you are to me is so much more valuable than that. You are the other half of me. She became my wife before I asked her to marry me. You know, and I see her, the true her, not Kirsten. Just I always tell her, like, don't talk to Princeton. Princeton doesn't live here anymore. You know, like Princeton is whoever I say Princeton's going to be. And so that's how I talk. And so we have some crazy woke conversation. We were joking about that earlier today, how I hate that word. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I know me too. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's just a gift. You know, we challenge each other to evolve super fast. And together, like you've heard us speak together, like we we are an exemplification of love, but that didn't come without work. You know, we're working every single day. There's times where we might go a few days not talking, just me giving her her space, her giving me mine, because mm -hmm. I understand like mm -hmm. I can't change her and I can't make her be what I want her to be. She has to find that for herself and she can't change me and make me be who she wants me to be. And so again, when we talk about mastery, because I'm a self-mastery coach, I always say mastery is not about force. Mastery is about surrender. Mastery is about surrendering the ego, surrendering the me, my, and I into the we and the us, Beautiful. you know, and flowing from that space in every area of your life. And so that's what, that's what we do. Does that mean that we, challenges don't come up? Like I said before, no, it doesn't. But we, we see those challenges and I challenge those challenges because I see it as an opportunity for me to level up and become even stronger. And, and so does she, you know, but um, yeah, man. <laughs> that is so beautiful, man. That is so beautiful. We'll have to talk more about that so I can get some tips from you <clears throat> on that on that subject. But uh, wow, dude, this has been um, just an amazing time with uh, with you tonight. Um, she said, or Lance says, yes, you complement each other both very well. Uh, it's a very beautiful thing, respect. And I, I couldn't agree more. That's why I didn't know I was going to ask that question, but it just dawned on me when you were talking about your kids. I'm like, yeah, I want to go down that road and just, just find out more about who Princeton is as the person. But, you know, it's funny, you know, I've come back from speaking gigs and, you know, got my bandanas and got everything. I'm like, woo, I'm on fire. And I walk through the door and it's literally been five minutes. Like, Chris, you need to take the trash out. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Okay. Kick-ass Chris is gone. And Chris, you know, Chris, the trash guy is back. So I love how you say that. You call it out like, and, and actually it was interesting. I had Forbes on my uh, Friday night show, um, probably about a month ago now already. Jesus Christ. It goes by so fast or three weeks ago. And, um, Joshua came on the, came on the uh, screen as well. So we were interviewing both of them. He wasn't even wearing a shirt. It was so funny. It was so cool. He's like, yeah, have you seen, you've seen Josh, yeah, right? I mean, oh. 
like that, of course you don't have to wear a shirt. Yeah, he's just swole. <laughs> I mean, he literally looks like, I mean, he's just a really good looking dude. Really cool dude too. But yeah. was, what was so dynamic about that two hour interview, we really went two hours, um, was that he said, you know, I, I mean, Forbes drops bombs all the time, right? But he said, when she's done, I don't want to speak to Forbes. I want to speak to Francis. And mm. Dude, you could, I just, I, as an interviewer, I just stopped and I let that sit for a second. And I was like, man, that is beautiful. Talk to me more about that. And it was about basically the same thing about, you know, our, identif- our identities and our personifications of ourselves that sometimes that can kind of get wrapped up into things. And we have to go back to what really originally connected us, our souls, not the, not the baggage, not everything else that, that makes it up. And our experiences obviously go into that. But I love how you say, let's get back to the root and the core of what love really is. And we're two souls in love, having a human existence, a human experience. So man, oh man. Um, so I'm going to respect your time. I respect everybody's time, but I'm going to ask you right now on air, uh, will you come back to my show? Because dude, we could seriously, yeah. I mean, people are just, people are digging our, our chemistry and everything. Um, oh, we, we have a, we have actually have a question before I do that. Uh, Mark Gasser says, Princeton, what are your thoughts on being a man of steel and velvet? <laughs> <laughs> man. It, so the question is, you know, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, really it's, 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 it's powerful, you know, to be hard and to own my power in my masculine, you know, really being that velvety side, you know, that loving side, like I always say, it takes more, more strength to be loving than it does to be shut off and strong all the time. Sometimes we as men, no, a lot of the times we as men, we have to know when to be soft. We have to know that it's okay because beyond being a man, we are human. You know, and we feel pain, we feel discomfort, we want to cry, we have emotions like everyone else. And so, you know, being velvet, you know, on that side, it's just, it's really just me diving into the, my strength as a human and, and being able to be vulnerable to say, you know, I love myself and I love those around me and I trust those around me enough for me to be 100% me, you know, and but when it's time to get the work done, I can move, I'm a fire, I'm strong, I'm iron. But it's that it's that it's that love. It's that softness that strengthens that iron. You know, it's that fire that, that you know, the fire removes the, the impurities of metal so that it can be stronger. You know, and so I always say love is that fire. You know, it's that that calming fire. It's, it's like a raging fire, too. It can be anything. It's formless. It's, it's unconditional. You know, and so it, it's 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 special when you can have the balance of both of those. Yes, that's true. And it reminds me of the ocean. You know, when I sit there and I love the ocean, the ocean is one of my favorite places to be in the world. And I sit there and I look at how beautiful and peaceful it is, yet how dangerous it is and how volatile and and just all the different emotions that really kind of describe love in the way I look at it, you know? You're gonna have your you're gonna have your waves, your big waves. You're gonna have your crashes. You're gonna have your your calm seas. You're gonna have everything. Um, we're getting we're getting uh, we're getting lots of compliments here. What a powerful show! Thank you, Teresa, so much. Um, what's we got here? Uh, Ricky says, "Let it, let LOL get a dog." That's badass. Oh, I think you're still getting we're still getting some of those comments. Oh, I think people are watching the replay. That's why we sometimes we get yeah. comments like I'm like, "What?" How did I come back up? Um, Tara, thank you so much for sharing. She says, uh, the money will follow when you follow the journey uh, and the story written for you. The universe delivers when you step into your greatness. Yes, at Ricky, big time, big time. And I'm learning that so much myself. Um, 
Christina or uh, Christopher's here. What's up, Christopher from uh, from Clubhouse as well? Beauty and destructive based on perspectives. Absolutely, brother. It's so so true. Um, so I know that uh, people can get a hold of you uh, evolvemastery.com, right? We got that at www.evolvemastery.com. I want to make sure we get that out there. Um, and people can also find you at, at Evolve Mastery on Instagram and all the other social media platforms, I'm sure. Um, yes. So will you come back on the show and share your brilliance with us in uh, other topics? We could talk about leadership. We could talk about so many different things. Um, I just love being in conversation with you. And I just want to say here again, thank you so much for when I'm on Clubhouse and I come into your room and the respect and the appreciation you show me and making me a moderator. I just wanted to say that on camera. Just thank you. Uh, means the world to be in your company and to be a part of your tribe as well. And uh, this is just the beginning, man. But uh, any final words for everybody that you would like to uh, share with them today? I just want to say right now we are in we are in a flow right now. This is the year. There's a word that came to me this year, and that's the overflow. Right now, a lot of you are being challenged to step into a space within yourself that that is challenging you to be the most expressive version of yourself in some cases you may be feeling very stretched but i want to say step into that feeling step into what's happening in you right now listen to that voice that's speaking to you and telling you that you're great because you are the root i always say you are the root to the tree of your life and if you don't like the fruit manifesting in the branches of that tree get back to the root it's time for you to start loving yourself it's time for you to start living like every breath you breathe matters it's time for you to start understanding again that there will never be another you and this is the only life that this you gets so you need to own this life i don't care if you got to let things go let people go let jobs go it's time for you to step into the power of you because your life will not change until you change and I just want to send you guys all the love in the world. And thank you for tuning in tonight. Dude, you are a rock star. We got uh, we got people asking like, uh, Chris, do you plan on doing more together? Dig the message from you as well. Yes, absolutely. We will. I just invited him back on. And um, yeah, brother, thank you so much for being here. We got, uh, uh, yes, this is definitely just the beginning. Lance says this. Um, uh, Tara says, yes, the world is whispering, pay attention and step into it. Yes. Princeton own it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for a great show. Boom, boom, boom. Um, what is this empire trade group says no such thing as a life that's better than yours. Ooh, look at that shit. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, all right, brother. Well, I'm going to put you backstage here for a second and, um, uh, and end out the show. Then we'll, we'll just chat afterwards, but, uh, thank you so much for being on here, man. You have been absolutely amazing. And, uh, put you back at the green room, the green room. There's no M and M's back there. Ladies and gentlemen, I just have to tell you, there's only Jack Daniels and, um, and, uh, pizza. Yeah. That's what we got in the green room here at the Ron and scripted show pizza. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways. Wow. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank each and every one of you for being here tonight. I mean, I could go through the list, but then we'd be here for another hour. So thank you guys from Princeton's tribe and from my tribe showing up here at the Ron and scripted show tonight. I told you it was going to be fire. I told you it was going to be electrifying. I told you it was going to be passionate. I told you there was brilliance involved. And did I deliver ladies and gentlemen, of course I delivered. Listen to the man. I'm going to go back and watch this again. I get uh, so infectiously um, excited when I talk to Princeton because the power and the energy in his voice, but most most importantly, the authenticity of who he is as a man and who he is as, as a, on a journey of becoming even a greater man. And like he said, shedding that ego and going through all the different things that he went through in his life to become the man he is today, to become the father he is today is a testament to all of us, right? I'm sitting here as well. You know, I've got my own story and all the things that I've had happen in situations. We all have our stories, but again, it's the perspective that we, we give it. 
do we, what kind of meaning do we give it? Anything that's happening in your life, guys, when you, when something happens, ask yourself, what am I making this mean to me? What am I making this mean to me? Guy cuts me off in traffic. What am I making this mean to me? What am I, what is this, right? They didn't cut you off. They cut off a car, but we make it to mean personal. What am I making this to mean? What am I making this to mean? Everything in your past, start questioning it and start looking at the opportunity of you have a choice. Like we were talking about choices. It's so, it's so matter of fact, you can make a choice less like that. Princeton made that choice. He put the gun, went like this, click, nothing. Fuck, got a choice, got a new life. I think he was injected with little spirit guides and uh, and it's just, he's on here on a mission to, to help us all be better people. So think about your life, think about your existence, think about where you're at in this very second, this very moment. I want you to think about this. I talk about being unstoppable, right? So how do you stay unstoppable, ladies and gentlemen? You don't stop, you keep going. Like we said, talk about being kids, be resourceful, be playful, be creative. Go out there and live your life. Go out there and live your jam. When you were a kid, you rocked your jam. If you wanted to go to school in your pajamas and a fucking you know, hat with a fucking twirler on it, you went to school with a hat and a twirler on it. You didn't give a shit, you rocked what you brought. That's what we need to be doing in this life. We need to be rocking what we're bringing, right? Me, tattoo guy, fucking bandanas, all this other shit. I was with Les Brown. If you guys know who Les Brown is, I know I know Princeton knows Les. Um, I spent three days with Les Brown. Literally, next to Tony Robbins, Les Brown is the, the, those are the two dudes that got me out of a lot of shit that I was in because listening to their tapes and reading their books and watching the videos and everything has just transformed my life. But when I went to work with Les for three days at one of his speaker trainings, he came up to me in the whole kick-ass thing. And he's like, he's like, he took me privately out to the Sheridan Gateway Hotel. And he's like, Christopher, he goes, you're an amazing speaker. He goes, you have so much energy, such a story, such a passion. He goes, but I cannot do this. I can't do the bandana thing. I can't do, he goes, I can't do the swearing thing. I need, I need, I can put you on stages, but I have to put you on stages, um, you know, wearing the suit and tie. And I said, Les, I've done the suit and tie speaking. I've done the stages like that. I've, and I've watched the asshole speakers come back there and go, how many sheets did we get? I've seen all that side of things and I don't want to be a part of that. I'm sorry. I love you. And it's like, but Chris, you know, I don't wear a tie and suit. I wear, I wear jogging pants and, and a t-shirt and you know, I, I color my hair with mascara, which is not a secret anymore. So I, I can't get in trouble for saying that, but he was just being him. And I really sat there in that moment. I'm like, oh my God, this is my dream. This is my dream to be a speaker and speaking from big stages and working with Les Brown. Holy shit. Oh my God. It was that voice, that whisper. Somebody was talking about that was that whisper. It says, Chris, no, this is not your jam. This is not your journey. You're supposed to be an innovator, a creator, a disruptor. Like again, Princeton was saying, got to be a disruptor. So what do I do? I come out. I'm the kick-ass guy. I'm the no excuses guy. I'm like, I'm the bold motherfucker. Watch out. I'm going to probably be bolder here pretty soon. But anyways, my advice to you guys is wherever you're at in this life, choose to find it as a starting point for what's going to be next. Like Princeton said, there's 365 days in a year. Just imagine, I want you to just fathom this for a second, 365 days in a year. Just imagine we're already in March, two months have already passed. Think about that. How fast is the rest of the year going to, is going to pass? So make a commitment to yourself, make a promise to yourself, a promise that you would make to your best friend or the person you love the most. If you made that promise to them and you would keep it right. Yes, you would keep it. Of course you would. So we don't keep the promises to ourselves, but we have to start keeping our promises to ourselves right here, right fucking now, because you just heard Princeton. You've heard me. The time is now for you. The time is now for you to write your story of where it is that you're going, not where you've been, because that's all gone. It's just electric energy in our brain. We have a choice to, to whether we go tune into that shit or we say, you know what? That was yesterday's bird's desk. Now I'm on to today and tomorrow. You guys get to make that choice. Nobody else. So if you're sitting there blaming somebody for something you don't have or don't or didn't get or whatever it was, if you're blaming somebody, guess what? Take that finger and go like this because you're the one that's choosing to focus on that shit every single fucking day and bitch about it and not do anything to change it. Right. Definition of insanity. Definition of insanity is being stupid, expecting to get smart results. I mean, come on. 
Yes, you can go ahead and quote me on that. So anyways, I love you guys all for being here. I'm going to go back and respond to your uh, your questions. You guys have been so amazing tonight. Um, yes, be your authentic self, Christopher. Absolutely. Yes, Les Brown. Um, yes, yes, yes. You guys are, um, yeah, uh, Lance or Ricky says, uh, lay it on. Laid on us bold the way the way to live. Sorry, I have a I have a hard time reading sometimes. Uh, what? I don't know what that means. Um, Lance says yes. Lance or uh, Les Brown is super powerful, but you stayed solid to Christopher's calling. I have more respect for you now, my brother. Thank you, man. Really appreciate. It. I'm just me being me on a journey to try to help you guys being you and become unstoppable. And last and mostly first and foremost, I should say, um, let's all just be a part of the solution, ladies and gentlemen, in the world around us, in in the communities and everything that we're doing. Let's be a part of the solution, not part of the problem. Let's find a way to bridge whatever is going on in this world. Let's let's reach out in all the branch. Let's seek first to understand, then to be understood. Let's make this world a better place for our kids and our kids' kids. Uh, I love you guys. So uh, I really appreciate you guys have an amazing evening and we got another kick-ass guest up coming up next week. So thank you very much. And I love you guys. Peace out.